Welcome to the Out and About podcast. This is a podcast about taking you places. We want to bring you across North Carolina. So let's find some of the best food. Let's go and travel to the beach, to the mountains. Let's just go on an adventure together. And today we're taking an adventure into the world of cinema. Uh, We're going to be having a wonderful interview conducted by one of our new podcast hosts. I've got several different hosts this time stepping in for out and about, not just me. Uh, And you'll be hearing today from Diane Ramsey, who's got some great interviews uh, about the Full Frame Documentary Film Festival. That festival's coming up this week in uh, Durham. It's actually virtual this year. So I'm going to kick it over to Diane and she's going to have a wonderful interview. I'm Diane Ramsey with Emily Foster. She's the Associate Interim Festival Director and Marketing Director for the Full Frame Documentary Film Festival, April 7th through 10th. Welcome, Emily. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be talking to you about this because, first of all, it's a big one. It's your 25th anniversary. It is. Oh, how exciting. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And, uh, I mean, that's a long time. And the pandemic just threw everything out of whack in 2020. It's just been it's just been so crazy trying uh, to get things back on track. Um, And the festival actually has evolved since then, which I think is cool. We'll talk a little bit about that. Watching films, you know, always transports you somewhere and especially documentary subjects, I think. Um, And you just made your final selections for the films that will be in this year's festival, which is virtual. Yes, correct. correct. It's all online this year. All right. But documentary films, I mean, they have never been hotter. Uh, Everybody watches them uh, or the docu-series that are very popular now on Netflix. It's so true. Really, I would say in the last 10 to 15 years, the quality of films that are coming out are just so high. Like, it's the best time to be watching docs. Uh, And, of course, the Full Frame Documentary Film Festival is one of the oldest documentary film festivals in the country. So... Give us a little background about the 25 years. Of course. So, uh, again, we're 25 years old. We're thrilled to be celebrating it, even if we're celebrating it online and in a slightly different way Mm -hmm. than I think we would have originally planned. Uh, But the big thing is Full Frame uh, is an Academy Award qualifying festival. Uh, In fact, uh, the... This year, uh, a film that had its world premiere with us last year, Three Songs for Benazir, uh, received an Academy Award nomination. Uh, So that's very exciting. Um, And I think it really speaks to uh, the types of films, filmmakers in the community we've been able to cultivate over this over the past 25 years. So some of these films could end up getting an Oscar nomination next year. Exactly. Possibly. And I Mm. think that's always the exciting thing uh, that I like to tell audiences who may want to take a chance on full frame or people who just really love documentary films, which uh, which is just to say, like, you may be one of the first people to watch uh, these films that are showing at the festival. So you really get a bit of an edge on kind of what's coming into the cinemas later this year. That is super cool. So, um. I mentioned that you're the interim um, festival director um, and also the marketing director. Mm So tell us a little bit about what you do, because it sounds really interesting. Yes, I do think I've got one of the coolest jobs on the planet. Absolutely. Um, So as my job uh, right now, I help handle the production, the marketing, the sales, the outreach. So pretty much anything that helps get the films up on the screen and the people watching the films 
that's what I'm helping to cover and manage at Full Frame right now, um, which is exciting because it means I kind of get to touch into both the insight of what filmmakers want, what filmmakers need, especially in this mm-hmm. moment as the industry has been changing so much uh, from going in person to virtual to hybrid. But also it's been really interesting to see how audiences are reacting in this moment Um and how much they really responded well to both the virtual platform, how much we all certainly crave and miss being in person together. Uh, so it gives us a lot of ideas and space for creativity um, in both thinking about this year uh, and the future of Full Frame. Okay, so I mean, uh, I hope that in the eventually Full Frame will go back to being an in-person event. Is that sort of a goal? Oh, absolutely. So uh, as of right now, we are planning uh, and hoping to be back in person in 2023. And while we wanted a big celebration uh, in person in downtown Durham uh, for the 25th, uh, I guess the best way to put it is, you know, what's more impressive than 25 years, 26 years. So (laughs) I think that's what we're going to go for. Good marketing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But uh, another thing I want to make sure that the Triangle audiences know is that we are actually planning a series of outdoor screenings this summer. It's going to be our first set of in-person programming since before the pandemic started. So movie Monday nights in Durham Central Park uh, in August. So I really hope that people will come out and join us. Oh, that is awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. So glad to hear that. So um, how many films would you say that you watch during a year? Oh, I I bet it's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. Uh, It's certainly a privilege. I have to say it's uh, not many people can say they get to watch movies for their job. Um, Mm -hmm. But the at the festival annually receives or this past year we received about a thousand submissions. Uh, and so our team had to figure out a way to watch a thousand movies over the last six months. Uh, so that's how many films we've gone oh, through. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, so you've gotten those thousand down to how many? 37. 37. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was heartbreaking to have to like make some of those choices. It is. Uh, and I think part of the the privilege of what we do, especially because we're, uh, we're showing films that are very early in their lifespan. So mm. being one of the first uh, outlets that these films will be viewed by audiences, we know that filmmakers have typically spent years creating these stories and these mm-hmm. pieces of art. So it's very important to us to be incredibly thoughtful about the curation of our programming uh, and to also be thoughtful about what the filmmakers' needs are in this moment. So really, when we talk about those 37 films that got selected for the festival, we think that they are the best of the best for the year. Good. Well, so then you really want the public to get there and get a chance mm-hmm. to... Well, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm still thinking vir- I'm meaning in person <laughs> instead of virtually. But that's the best part is that it everybody is. can watch at home. Definitely. There's, you can, you can take the festival home this year. And honestly, it's never been easier to watch films or to experience full frame. You can watch them on your computer, on a mobile device. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have apps for Roku and Apple TV. Uh, so people oh, can just yeah. download the app and easily stream all the films right from their living room. So oh. it should be a great way to really curate your own festival experience this year. Gotcha. Well, um, what is that process like? You you mentioned how many submissions you get I mean how in the world do you select those films is it a group of people mm-hmm. that all are associated with 
full frame documentary oh. film festival? Is it do you have outside people that are, you know, weighing in or how's it go? Oh, what a great question. I always love this so that I can help lift the veil for people <laughs> who are always wondering how to submit yes. to festivals. So it does take a small army of people. Uh, we have uh, basically two groups of people who sift through all the films for us, watch everything. Every film gets watched at full frame oh, uh, that is great. submitted. So we have uh, what's called our screening committee. So they uh, kind of go through and do that first initial run of films. Uh, and then from there, and then it goes to the programming committee, which is about eight people who then go mm-hmm. through and they meet, I think, every weekend for like 12 weeks straight. And like every week they watch dozens of movies and they meet and just kind of hash it out over the weekend to figure out which mm-hmm. films uh, really are fitting in the lineup for this year. And I will say that uh, we always think we're going to be done on time. And in the many years I've been doing this, I have never seen a programming committee actually hit the dead, the initial deadline because there's just such great work every <laughs> single year that we're like, we need one more week to make a decision. So oh, it's gotcha. a big process to go through it all. It just sounds like you take it seriously Very and much really, so. really support the filmmakers. And mm-hmm. that's really pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so how has the process changed? Has it changed since the festival has gone virtual? Yeah. I mean, I think the process changes every year, whether it's uh, a little bit, whether we are in person or virtual or who knows what the future holds. <laughs> um, but I would say the the thing that we've had to figure out is we went from being holding most of these meetings in person to having to do all the uh, all the meetings online over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is a level of um, I think that's a challenge just because these films are so personal and everyone has such deep like emotion behind it and Mm. deep opinions behind these films. And sometimes it's a lot easier uh, to have those discussions in person um, when you're really passionate about something. So I think that's been a bit of a a challenge for the programming team the last Mm -hmm. two years as we've been online. Um, But I would say that the nuts and bolts of the process is very similar to what it's been in the past. Watching the films has changed because it is virtual. Um, so just go ahead and tell people how they can watch. You mentioned Roku mm-hmm. and uh, Apple Plus. Yes. Uh, so we have uh, we again. We you can watch them on a mobile device on your computer uh, directly from a platform that we've created. Uh, so it it kind of looks like a mini Netflix uh, that's oh, just okay. for full frame. Uh, it's it's as easy to use as well. Like you'll. Uh, If you buy a ticket, you'll get a direct link to a film. If you buy a pass, you'll get access to all of the films. And you can literally just kind of scroll through the films to figure out what you want to watch over the weekend. Um, And then, of course, uh, you can connect your computer to your TV. You can cast uh, or you can download one of the apps. So however is easiest and best for an audience member to watch films this year, I'm sure we've figured out a way for you to view them. It sounds like it. We didn't talk about the different categories of films. This year, there is two sections in the festival. We have our invited program and our new docs program. Um, The invited program is seven films. Uh, They are screening out of competition. Uh, And I like to think of those as films that we really wanted in the festival, but they just didn't necessarily match uh, the competition category. Mm. Whereas new docs is uh, 22 films, and these films are the ones that are up for the prizes. Um, And you do give prizes. We do. We give... I. Oh, I should know the exact number, but I believe uh, we give out uh, about $40,000 in cash to filmmakers. And that's a huge thing uh, in helping to support uh, their careers both now and in the future. 
Um, so it's really that's one of many things that we try to do to support filmmakers. Um, oh, that's very important because this is not um, the people that are starting off with a huge budget. Exactly. Well, I think that there's a I think the film industry is one of those fields that seem very shiny right. and easy. Uh, Hollywood certainly makes it look far more glamorous uh, <laughs> than I think when you're when you are a young filmmaker or even if you're an established filmmaker. um, especially in documentary film, these are passion projects. These are not typically projects that have, you know, millions upon millions of dollars behind them. Um, And I think that's part of what makes them so engaging and why people really love nonfiction film, because it's just so personal. Yeah. So I just very much admire the work of the filmmakers. And I think that's why it's so important to full frame to do what we can to support them. I think you're doing a great job. And um we want to talk about the films that you are featuring. Oh, yes. So Emily is going to give us details on some of them and recommendations <laughs> when we return. Welcome back to the Out and About podcast. Uh, I'm Diane Ramsey talking with Emily Foster from the uh, annual Full Frame Documentary Film Festival. And uh, you guys, you told us just a little while ago, 37 films made it this year Woo-hoo. out of thousands that you had to watch, which I'm sure was a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start with that uh, new docs uh, category lineup that you mentioned. Um, there were several films that stood out. I just read the titles mm-hmm. and the descriptions, but there were a couple that hit me. I was like, because I was obsessed with that Chernobyl, the the miniseries yes. that was on HBO. And so you actually have one, Chernobyl, The Lost Tapes. We do. Oh, Chernobyl, The Lost Tapes is actually a U.S. premiere with us. That's great. It is. Um, so again, <laughs> be one of the first people to come out and see this film. But what I think makes this film particularly engaging is the archival footage and kind of the peek mm. behind what... Chernobyl, the city, actually looked like and what that community was uh, before the disaster happened. A lot of people, I think, have a very specific, um, maybe darker, gloomier vision of Chernobyl because of the disaster. With the nuclear plant. That's all we think of. But yeah, it was a city. It was a thriving city. Exactly. A thriving community with a beautiful culture. Um, And this film just shows some incredible footage of what life really was like at that time. Um, And I think it... There's a wonderful, um, beautiful, just almost ghostly quality to to watching it that I just encourage people uh, to see. Cool. That sounds really good. Okay. Now, this one is sort of a local, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it has a local connection, Princeville, um, about the very first town incorporated by uh, freed, formerly enslaved uh, African-Americans. Yes. And so there's a film about this. What does it talk about? There, yes. So uh, Freedom Hill, uh, which is a world premiere with the festival, Um It really is a look into the people in this town that has an incredible historical significance, Mm -hmm. uh, both in the country and in the state. Um, And it's quite literally being washed away at this point in time. And I think it forces us to actually ask the questions of what do we do when our history is being uh, taken away from us? Or in this case, Mm -hmm. a community is having to reckon with uh, what's happening to their homes and what's happening to this land that they are deeply connected to. So I think it's a really important film, uh, both for people who are here in North Carolina, but also uh, thinking about communities across the country uh, and kind of what's happening in this moment in the U.S. So I think oh, it's just yeah. a really important film, uh, and we're really proud to be showing it at Full Frame. 
Wow, it sounds good. Um, oh, what was the other one I was thinking of? Oh, mama bears. That one struck me. Uh, moms and and actually conservative Christian, I think, might mm-hmm. be or definitely conservative moms of LBGTQ plus children. Yes. What I really love about this film is, uh, well, I think many of us have such like a deep connection to motherhood, whether it be through mm-hmm. our own mothers, whether we are mothers ourselves, uh, in that deep love, uh, that 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 strong tie that you have with your families. And I think that's what's so beautiful about this is if these mothers have been forced to really look at their own beliefs and their own ideals and then uh, help their children or support their children, despite what maybe their communities are telling them. Um, And it has really wonderful moments of introspection uh, within the characters themselves. Like that's the film that I'm having my mom watch because I think she'll just be so connected to uh, these these decisions and these choices and just the perspective of what it's like to try and raise a child in this uh, current time um, and how to really just support your child no matter what. Like, it's just this incredible, beautiful look at the relationship of mothers and children. Yeah, that's an important subject. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I'm glad to hear you guys are uh, are uh, featuring a film about that. And you, mm-hmm. you have so many more. I, I, I know we can't get to every one of yes. them, but were there some other ones that you wanted to talk about that you think will really, you know, film is a way to transport people? It is. We like to do that in, on Out and About. We like to take people places. So oh. um, are there some other films you want to There definitely highlight? are. Well, I would say that one film that I would love to highlight is uh, it's called Stay Prayed Up. And it's actually uh, it, it's from here in Raleigh. Oh. Uh-huh. Cool. <laughs> I know it's a it's a hometown connection, uh, quite honestly. So it covers um, a wonderful gospel choir, the Blanchettes, uh, and you Ooh. quite literally want to jump out of your seat and start <laughs> singing with them. So if you're looking for an uplifting film, I cannot recommend that one enough. Um, some people think all documentaries can be a little sad, but this one's not. This oh. one's truly a celebration. So oh, I'm glad to hear stay that. Stay prayed up. Is... Hallelujah. <laughs> exactly. That's right. <laughs> um, and then another one for people who are looking for maybe a bit more lighthearted film is called Gabor. Um, and this oh. follows a famous 94-year-old Canadian photographer. It's quirky. It's a lovely portrait uh, of this man in his long career and his long life. So anyone who's interested in art, photography, or just likes fun, interesting people, I'd have to recommend Gabor. It sounds like you cover like so many topics, so many perspectives. Mm-hmm. Is that sort of a goal? It is. Uh, I think we look uh, across the board at um, at both the the topics in the film and who's also uh, creating the film. So we we take into uh, we take into account the perspective of the filmmaker because I think mm-hmm. that's actually a big part of how these stories get told. Um, So, yes, we try and find films that are uh, that take place all around the globe from right here in our backyard to uh, to Ukraine or yes. Or we look for films that will make people laugh, make people cry, make people think about their own lives or think about uh, the lives of others. Um, We are just really interested in having um, a broad scope of film offerings for the audience from year to year. All right. So we talked about the new docs. Now, what about the um, invited program? Definitely. So in the invited program, oh, there's a lot of good ones. But one I would say that is very topical that will likely 
be on people's minds for quite a while is going to be Navalny. And so Navalny follows a journalist uh, who uh, was very outspoken against the Russian government, and he actually got poisoned and survived a poisoning. Oh, Lord. It plays out like a thriller. Um, And it's very topical, too, because he uh, actually just recently was sentenced to nine years in prison by the Russian government. So uh, not only are you going to get an insight into his uh, survival from Mm. the poisoning, but also the battle that's been playing out in real time in the news. So it's a very topical film um, that's uh, that I think our audiences will be very interested in. And there's some films around the subject of COVID-19, too. Yes. Well, I think the what I think is most interesting about films actually in general and what people will see throughout the whole program is COVID, even beyond films that may be specific to COVID, Mm -hmm. um, is that COVID impacted the filmmaking community very deeply. So throughout all of these films, you see how... Uh, how the pandemic has impacted the production of the film, whether that be a crew member wearing a mask, Mm -hmm. whether that be a few more Zoom interviews than (laughs) there may have existed in the past. Um, I think what is just really interesting at this moment in time is even when you're trying to make a film not about COVID, (laughs) COVID is uh, is what we've all lived through. It's why Full Frame is still online. It's why the industry has shifted so much. Um, Mm. And I also think it's why people are have been taking chances on new films and new media in the last couple of years, because when you're home all the time, you're ready to to check out something new. You're Um, ready to broaden your horizons. Yes. Now, in the past, you've actually had the filmmakers at yes. the festival mm-hmm. and they would do question and answer yeah. with the audience. Is that possible? Is that going to happen at all this year? Oh, so uh, one opportunity that has uh, popped up because of the virtual format and being online is that we're actually able to do more filmmaker Q&As than ever before. Oh, well, that's a good thing. It's a great thing. So uh, we are act- we do most of them pre-recorded. Um, so that's all happening right now. Um, people can expect that when they get, whether they're buying a ticket or have a pass, they'll have access to every filmmaker Q&A immediately, which gives great insight into the making of the film, the perspective Mm. of the filmmaker. Uh, A lot of times the protagonist of the film are also participating in these Q&As. So it's a really good way to keep the discussion going going even after the film has ended. Um, So yes, so even though we are online, it actually means that we can connect with more of our filmmakers from all around the globe. Wow. See, that was not something you probably expected to happen. Exactly. That's like a, a silver lining. A nice lining. light at the end of the tunnel. Of yes, absolutely. Definitely. How do we get a pass or how mm-hmm. do we get tickets? So this year, there's a couple ways for audiences to attend the festival. We have a festival pass uh, that gives access to all the films in the festival, in addition to all the filmmaker Q&As, plus maybe a little, a few additional pieces of content that'll be on the festival platform. It's also the easiest way to scroll through films and kind of build your own mm-hmm. uh, festival experience. Um, and then you can also buy single tickets for either feature or short films. Um, passes are on sale now at store.fullframefest.org. And uh, tickets go on sale at store.fullframefest.org on March 29th. Okay. Is afterward tickets are on sale now. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. there, you go. Yeah, <laughs> um, it it sounds like a you've you've really thought of everything. You've gotten it covered from every angle. 
Truly. Yeah, I have to give big props to our artistic director, Sadie Tillery. Um, She does an incredible job really pulling together a dynamic lineup, an exciting lineup, a thoughtful lineup. There is a film for anyone uh, there, whether you want to spend 10 minutes on a short film or two hours with us on a more uh, intense film, or you want something happy or sad, funny. um, I I just have to really commend all the work that programming has done to pull together this year's truly exceptional lineup. It's great that you're so supportive of documentary filmmakers because it is some of the most interesting work that Mm -hmm. you'll see, and it is probably the least funded. Mm -hmm. How can people help with that? Oh, um, if people want to support Full Frame, um, Full Frame is a program of the Center for Documentary Studies at Duke University, which is uh, a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Um, So quite literally buying a pass to the festival or buying a ticket to the festival uh, directly supports us being able to uh, continue to do this work both for filmmakers and within the Triangle community year after year. Um, They're also welcome to get involved in a few various other ways. Many of uh, opportunities which will be expanding in the future, which could be volunteering. Uh, you can donate at fullframefest.org um, or just keep being a supporter and keep attending the festival. Like that is that is truly why we do it. We love seeing the audience reaction. We love seeing the impact films have in our community. It's what really drives us year after year to do this. Oh, perfect. Thank you, Emily Foster. It sounds really good. And I'm really looking forward to the summer when you said you're going yes. to do that again oh, in downtown wait. Durham? Or Yes, in uh, Durham Central Park, oh, uh, Mondays in August. That is so cool. Again, um, thank you so much, Emily Foster, Marketing Director and Associate Interim Festival Director for the Full Frame Documentary Film Festival. And it again is April 7th through 10th. Thank you so much, Emily. Looking forward to it and looking forward to getting back in person again eventually with the Full Frame. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. That was such a great interview. Thank you so much, Diane. I love learning more about this amazing festival. So Full Frame Documentary Film Festival coming up this week in Durham. It's virtual this year. Go to WREL.com. Search Out and About for more information. This has been the Out and About Podcast, production of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. If you like what you heard, share with your friends and follow us on social media and tell us where you want to go next. Where do you want to travel with us? Let's go have some fun. Uh, WREL out and about on all platforms. Next week, we're taking a trip into the world of spring cleaning with Tara Lynn. It should be exciting because we got to get our lives together, right, guys? All right. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And I can't wait to see where we go next.